Well, I grew up in church. I grew up in a Christian family. I grew up in a Christian school. And uh, we memorized the Bible. We memorized scriptures. One of my challenges at school was learning a book of the Bible. How many books are in the Bible? Can you tell me how many books? 66. Does anybody know what is the shortest book in the Bible? (laughs) Nobody's like too game to speak it out loud. Philemon. Did anyone have, did anyone mutter Philemon? Yeah, you did. Joel, come on. 25 verses in Philemon. So that's the book I chose to memorize because it was the shortest book in the Bible. Uh, Oh, yeah, well, I can't remember it now. (laughs) But I can uh, memorize, I I did memorize Psalm 23, and that's one chapter of a book of Psalm that I can recite to you. Who um, knows um, Psalm 23, the Psalm of David? Um, Who would have memorized it? Oh, a few people. Yes. Can you stand up? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to put this to the test now. Those guys, Brayden, I saw your hand. Alex, I saw your hand. Over here, I saw your hand. Who was it? Yes. Jackie? Stand up. Come on, guys. Come on, come on. You have to help me out here. Don't put it up behind me. No, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, you guys. Yes, yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay. Oh, Oh, we've got a few. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Can you come out to the front? (laughs) There's only six verses, guys. Come on. Come out to the front. Come out. Stand. Turn around. Face the congregation. (laughs) All right. We're going to see. All right. I'll help you, guys. I'll help you. They're all like, what? You're just going (laughs) to... Okay. Psalm 23. It starts off, do you know how it starts off? Okay, just say what you know, just say what you know. (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd. Hey, yes. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Hey, yes. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me beside still waters. Oh, 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 hang on, dad, dad. Oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, what is happening here? Um, You can say the second part or you don't have to. Oh, he was. Oh, yeah, he was. Oh, so I'm supposed to say both parts. Oh, yeah, whatever you like, whatever you like. He leaves me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Yes, yes. Thank you. He leads me down paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yes, come on. (laughs) Uh, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Yes. Um, Okay, I'll let you. Uh, it goes after that bit. Yeah. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Yeah. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Yeah. <laughs> you anoint my head with oil, my, my cup runs over. Oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is so good. He anoints my head with oil. Oh, that's what she just said. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the last of yours? <laughs> my cup over my floor. Oh, surely goodness yes. and mercy shall follow me yes. all the days of my life. Yes. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, come on. Give it up for these guys. Put your hands together. That's awesome. Thank you. Oh, wow. Well, that worked out better than I thought it would. (laughs) You guys are amazing. This is so good. 
Psalm 23. This is a good one to memorize. It's quite doable. It is, it's one of my go-tos when I can't sleep at night. All right, Psalm 23, because I've memorized it, I go straight there and I can start um, repeating it in my mind and it brings that peace to me. So our theme for 2021 is deeper in the word. We're going to go deeper in the Word tonight and break down Psalm 23. So thank you to all of my helpers tonight that just showed you how easy it is to memorize that. So I'm going to put up um, Psalm 23, the whole Psalm on the screen right now. Okay, I'm just going to show you because this is a breakdown of every one of those little phrases. Yeah, break it down that we just recited with all of my helpers and uh, just for, um, you know, openness and honesty's sake, I didn't write all these words on the side like I have got them from another place. But this is what uh, the different things that comes out in this scripture about God being our provider, about how he is our source, how he does refresh us. He does um, discipline us even. He blesses us, heals us and all of those things on there. So I'm going to leave that up there as I talk through this scripture because I actually want to break it down uh, verse by verse of what it can mean for us because God is a good God. It follows Psalm 22, naturally, uh, which actually starts with King David. This is King David's psalm. It starts by saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? And this is a bit of a, a theme with David's Psalms that he kind of like bounces in and out of that place of um, screaming and crying out to God for help and into, oh my gosh, God, you are amazing. And it's just a bit of a uh, cyclical thing that he does. So let's start with verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. This is about relationship. God is our shepherd. It doesn't say he's our commander. doesn't say he's our lieutenant. doesn't say he's our sergeant major. He's a shepherd, which means that he loves us. Yes, we are likened to a flock or to sheep, but really King David was a shepherd and he knew what it was to look after his sheep. He knew what it was to look for the best place to feed them, the best place to keep them from harm, the place to um, move them on into greener pastures and to bless them, supply for them, protect them because he was a shepherd and that's God for us. He loves us. He wants the best for us. He is our shepherd. So it's about relationship with him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Not now, not ever. I shall not want. That's a a picture of the future. To not be in lack. To not be in need. When he's my shepherd, I have no lack. God is our provider. He is our source. We shall not want. We allow him to provide for us, to uh, look after us, to protect us and to guide us. You know, he wants us to be fed, to be watered. He wants us to be in that safe place. So it all starts with that um, premise that the Lord is our shepherd. He wants relationship with us. 
He doesn't want to just be a remote God out there that we can sort of say it's my higher power and, you know, I, I come to church or I go through the motions. It's about being in relationship with Him and trusting in Him. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So remember that. Number two is, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Verse two, he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. I love that. It's a place of sanctuary. It's a place where uh, you can rest, you can be refreshed. There's a physical place of refreshment and there's a spiritual place of refreshment. And I feel like this is talking about both of them. A spiritual place of refreshment is when you come to church, you be in worship, feel like something happens in your spirit, like, ah, oh, I feel lighter when I come in here, or Tony getting baptised, it's like, oh, just things drop off me. I feel like I float into this place. When I have my quiet time with Jesus, I feel like that is a place of refreshment for me. When I can come and feel strength and peace pouring out upon me. Who doesn't love being beside quiet waters when you can feel the Holy Spirit pouring out upon me? As our shepherd, he doesn't want us to constantly be on the move, right? A shepherd's going to take their sheep. They're not just going to be like, go, go, go. You just keep going, going, going. There's times when it's like, just stop, be still, eat and drink, get refueled for the journey ahead. So there's spiritual places of restoration and refreshment. As we draw near to God, He draws near to us in these quiet waters. God's looking after all His sheep. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be strong for our sakes, as well as the whole of the flock, that we can all be in this united, healthy place together. And in a natural place of rest and refreshment, not just at holidays, I don't know, end of year at the moment, it's pretty full tilt, but having that place where your body can refresh, where you mentally you can as well, having that place where you can draw aside. So that's verse two. Verse three, he guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. How are you going here tonight? You're just like, we're unpacking this scripture where it's like God's speaking to us and we can find little parts in there that'll be different for your neighbour that's speaking something to you tonight. God wants to speak to you and encourage you. Are you allowing God to guide you? Are you trusting in Him? Once you spend time with God in that place of refreshment, you want to allow Him to guide you. You want to go where He wants you to go. Have you ever tried to lead someone who doesn't want to be led? It's hard. I've tried it with kids. <laughs> I'm not a school teacher either. <laughs> My own children. If they don't want to be led, they kick and scream and carry on. No matter what age, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, are we being compliant sheep? Oh, my goodness. We all want to know what the path is going to look like, right? If we're going to let God guide us, we want to know what it looks like. We want to, um, usually God only shows it to you step by step though. Have you found that? 
I found that out in my life when I was um, started uni and I was 18 and I lived in Toowoomba and I was starting my nursing degree. And within four months, my parents had decided to uh, move down to the Sunshine Coast. I was living in Toowoomba and so I was virtually homeless after four months. It's like, okay, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that on the guiding me in the next step sort of thing. They moved down here after I finished my degree. I moved down here, but I got a job in Brisbane. Okay, I didn't see that coming either. But then I fell in love with someone on the Sunshine Coast and moved back here. And and then, oh my goodness, the rest of my life has been um, amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Unexpected. Unexpected. (laughs) Oh, letting God guide you when you don't know what the future looks like. This is a major step of trust. Lean not on your own understanding. For his name's sake, it's purpose. Number four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It doesn't say if you happen to walk in the valley of the shadow of death. It says even though you will. All of us will at some point walk in the valley of the shadow of death. And maybe that is death in the natural with um, ones that, uh, with our own health or someone we um, love passes away or you just feel like you're just on the brink of death or something dark is surrounding you. Or maybe it's in uh, not the natural, in that, that feeling, that um, sense where you're just in darkness. The scripture says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And that's the key with this. We're walking with Jesus. We're walking with God. He's our safe place. We can't fear evil from the shadow of death. This is the shadow of death. So if you think, okay, something that you don't like very much that you think is going to hurt you, a snake, okay? Not nice, not, not a fan. The shadow of a snake can't hurt me right? The shadow of a gun can't hurt me. The shadow of death can't hurt you. So where there is a shadow, it means there's light that comes in to make that shadow. There has to be light. So you have to hang on to light, which is Jesus. So fear can take hold in different circumstances. I know it. I've walked through different situations. I've had kids, you know, run away on me at night time. I had a, a seven-year-old, like, just run away. It was at six o'clock at night. It was dark. John was coming to church. And my son, he wanted to go to church. So he thought, well, he's going to get there on his own. Uh, no adults required. Well, he didn't return for an hour and a half. And fear entered me. It was I think one year after the Daniel Morecambe disappearance on the Sunshine Coast. And so fear was really in me. I'm just, I'm freaking out. And I'm driving around our neighbourhood just going, where is he? Oh God, I'm so scared now of what's going to happen to him, of just these thoughts start bombarding me. Anxiety comes in and it's just like, oh, you feel like you have no control. And then I was just, I had a moment where I was like, I've got to pray. I've got to pray. I've got to pray for his safety and I've got to pray fear off me because I feel like that is like the um, prime feeling right now. And I just started praying, God, I rebuke fear. There's a scripture in 2 Timothy 
Uh, I wanted to read it out to you. It's in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. It says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So fear is a spirit. You can take authority over that spirit. So I want to do that tonight um, at the end of my message. It's just there is some things that can get on us and cause fear in our lives, whether it's of sickness, whether it's um, death, you have a fear of death, whether it's darkness, whether it's something bad happening to you, you can get fear. And it's almost like it's not logical. It's like, I shouldn't be this scared of this situation. Other people around me aren't. It's a spirit of fear. So right then in that moment, I started taking authority over the spirit of fear. And I just had to say it. I take authority over the spirit of fear. I bind it in the name of Jesus. Get off me. And I just had this little um, thought pop into my head, faith over fear. So God, I'm releasing faith. He's going to be all right. We're going to find him. It's, I pray protection around him. Angels look after him. And an hour and a half, he turns up and he's all right. And it's all good. And I am relieved, a little angry, but also relieved. They're like mainly relieved. But this, this scripture where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. God is with you. He's always with you. If there's a situation that you're facing right now, know that God is with you. There's a, a, another phrase um, that, that I'm reminded of. It's turn towards. If there's something going on in your life, if there's scary thoughts that, uh, that you're thinking that you want to harm yourself or there's things in your life that you just don't have control over, turn towards God and turn towards people. It's a really good thing to remember. Turn towards God and turn towards people. If you talk to someone, if you tell them about it, light comes in and you're turning to God, that's a safe place because he's looking after you and he wants the best for you. So this can lift off that fear from you. He protects you. He comforts you. The rod and the staff sound nasty, but they're actually there because the rod, the staff keeps all the sheep together. It, it, it brings boundaries. It gives them direction and guidance. That's what the, the rod and the staff are. The rod is if the boundaries are crossed. It's a little tap, get back in line. It's good that we have assurance of boundaries because they're consistent. You know God's faithful. And that gives me comfort and it gives me security. So remember, it's about relationship with God. Remember, it's faith over fear. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is this, um, this place where you're in a battle, but you can still feast. It's okay. It's not all about the hard battle that you're facing in your life. There's time where God prepares a table for you. It's okay to enjoy different parts of life. We all have an enemy. I love the feast, not so much the battle, but the God prepares a feast for us. It brings hope into our life, knowing that God is there to pour out fresh oil over us, to consecrate ourselves to him. He pours oil out to bless us. Not just enough, but an overflowing, an abundance of oil. The Holy Spirit comes to bring life into you, to bring his presence, to give you his peace. 
Number six, verse six, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Only goodness, only mercy follows you. See, I learnt the King James Version and it was, um, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. A good version, if you're looking for a good biblical version, maybe you're new to God or you're new to church, is a New Living Translation. That's a really good, easy to read if you're at Kurong or you're like, what sort of Bible should I read? The Old King James Version is very old. God's undeserved kindness and blessing follows you all the days of your life. As you live with him, as you let him guide you, as you follow in his path, as you trust in him, as you draw to him when things are going tough, when you feel like things are going to overwhelm you, he wants to pour out loving kindness and goodness over you. Isn't that so good? And I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's in this house There is a house in heaven that God has prepared for you. But in this house, the house of God, this is, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to live with my church family. I want to serve with my church family. I want to love people that are coming in the doors every week. And I love, again, hearing Tony's testimony of like, now this is his family. He loves our people. He loves serving. He's just like all in. This is so amazing. I would dwell in the house. Choose to make the house of God a priority for you. Choose to live in the house of God, to serve in the house of God, to love the house of God. Make a choice that this is where you're going to be. This is this whole Psalm 23, and it finishes with that scripture. I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How beautiful is it? It's a beautiful psalm and it's a story of King David's life. This is what he wanted. And he's speaking it over us, the blessing and the security. It is about relationship with God. And in a moment, we'll give you an opportunity, if you don't have a relationship with God, to start that by inviting Him in through a prayer you can pray. It can change your life. Have a relationship with a good shepherd who's going to love you like no one on earth, like no mankind. God wants relationship with you. He doesn't want you to live in fear. He wants you to choose faith over fear. Why don't we close our eyes now? And I mentioned I wanted to pray for people who feel like that fear is something that has gotten on you and you just think, ah, there's stuff in my life and I feel fearful and I don't want to anymore. I want to pray for you tonight because we can break off that spirit in a moment. Why don't we stand to our feet, church? God is all powerful. He can come against spirits of darkness and he can lift them off in a moment. Can I ask all the band to come? Thanks, guys. I've prayed this over my life in times when I've felt fear, when I've felt like, oh, an intruder was going to come in the house. I had this unrealistic, uh, illogical fear that at nighttime, especially if John was away, that someone was going to break into the house and hurt me. I don't know where it came from. I never had any experience in my childhood of fear of of anyone attacking me or intruding into me. But for whatever reason, and I'd pray, I'd pray the scriptures. I'd pray, like, you know, John would pray before he went away. For me, it was just like I'd wake up in the night and this presence was there. It's like, what can I do? So I went to battle 
with it. It's like every day I'm going to pray that scripture and I'm going to declare fear is going to be broken. And it took maybe six months, but it broke off my life. And it released me into just freedom and trust and peace in my heart. I don't want that for you tonight. If you want fear broken off your life, why don't you come out the front right now? I'm just going to pray for you. We're going to release some stuff off you and bring faith into your heart. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in tongues because it's a language of the Holy Spirit. God understands it. It's an spirit interceding for us. Sometimes fear can come in insidious ways, in subtle ways. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that you are a God of faith. Lord, that you're bigger than the enemy. Lord, that you lift off fear in the name of Jesus. Tonight, we come before you. We speak the promises of God, the Scripture. It's the Word of God. We fight with the sword of the Spirit. We come against the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. We break it off. You set her free in Jesus' name. We break that spirit of fear. We come against it. We say, you do not belong here. You get off her in Jesus' name. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, of a sound mind. So we take authority over right now in the name of Jesus and we break it off. Freedom comes in Jesus' name. You set her free. Oh, can we have our ministry team come and just pray freedom from fear in the name of Jesus. Oh. 